I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk Minipod for June the 7th, 2021. It's a Monday night in Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for joining me for another episode. It's been a, uh, probably about a week since I've done the last Minipod, so uh, I've taken a, a few breaks here lately, but I'm trying to get back into uh, posting a few more of these Minipods. Uh, like I was uh, several weeks ago. Uh, There's certainly a lot of material in the news right now. So um, tonight I've I've picked one. I saw something in the uh, Epic Times. um, Epic Times, the, um, yes, Epic Times, I'm sorry, today. And I I was kind of, as soon as I read it, I knew there's something I wanted to use for the Minipod. And if, if you haven't, if you're new to the mini pod series from Trice Talk, it's just basically about a 30-minute version of what we do uh, on our live versions of mini pod during the week. Of course, I do it solo. Uh, Dennis Lee also has another podcast that he works on as well. So this is just kind of a, a way to get out some of these uh, smaller stories uh, that we we can't get to during our normal um, Trice Talk live series during the week. So anyway, this article is actually a commentary by Conrad Black. And if that name sounds familiar to you, um, Conrad Black, is he's been one of Canada's most prominent financiers for oh, about the last 40 years and uh, was one of the leading newspaper publishers in the world. Uh, he also is the author of authoritative biographies such as Franklin D. Roosevelt and Richard Nixon, and most recently, Donald Trump, a president like no other. Conrad also hosts a podcast called Scholars and Sense alongside his co-host, uh, Bill Bennett, who is former Secretary of Education, and Victor Davis Hanson which if you're a frequent watcher of Fox News, you'll probably see uh, Victor on a variety of different programs, such as Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram. Uh, I think he's been on Tucker Carlson as well. He's he's quite well used on the Fox News network uh, because of his historical perspectives and opinions about uh, the political shenanigans going on in the country. Um so anyway, like I said, and their, their their podcast, by the way, can be found on buzzsprout.com. So if you want to check that out after uh, after I go through this commentary tonight, I encourage you to do that because um, I have seen him before. Um, I enjoy listening to him and also Bill Bennett and Victor Davis Hanson. So uh, should be a, a good podcast. I, actually, I need to check that one out myself. So let me get into this. Uh, let me find my little lovely Podbeam music to go along in the background. All right. So the commentary starts out. I'm going to have to pull this down just a little bit here for me. The commentary starts out, the battle to bury Donald Trump is now entering its third phase. 
The initial phase was the confident view of the never Trumpers led briefly by Republican Senate leader, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, that Trump was a freakish and horrifying phenomenon who had been endured and would vanish and almost be forgotten and not seen again. The Democrats having been stretched so uncomfortably by Trump and despite having the support of 95% of the national political media and outspending him two to one had to have recourse to unverifiable post-electoral lopsided Biden vote drops after election day to squeak to victory. They organized an airtight media debunking of his election challenge, which was made more plausible by the amateurish scattergun performance of the Trump legal team, chasing after eccentric irregularities rather than focusing upon the constitution, constitutional legality and vote counting integrity in these six swing states. As if it were a silver stake to drive into the heart of a sleeping vampire, they magnified the January 6th invasion by hooligans at the Capitol into an attempted insurrection, the subject of an impeachment, with no supportive evidence, but that's of course a detail, and attempted removal from office of someone who had already retired the office at the end of his term and thundered from every rooftop in America that Trump was a lawless, aspiring dictator unfit for any office of trust, public or private. The fact that that attempt fizzled out was highlighted by the recent uproar that the Republican Party has become a personality cult. He has not been the subject of any greater personality cult than any number of other presidents, including Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, and of course, Barack Obama. They were all, at least at times, popular presidents, and it served the interest of their down-ballot partisans to line up on their coattails. Distinguished historian Arthur Schlesinger Jr. recounted the story of the Shorenstein system, a New York municipal official, Jaime Shorenstein, complained that he had no campaign and the ward captain asked if he had noticed that the ferry boats around New York Harbor brought floating garbage in behind them when they docked and said that the name of his ferry boat was Franklin D. Roosevelt. What is really happening here, and it has not happened since Andrew Jackson, is that there is an imperishable mass attachment to someone who was ostensibly defeated in the last election who has been banned from most of the media and all of social media. The real subject of the Democrats and never Trumpers vexation is their own inability to separate Trump from his immense following or shrink that following. The Democrats have had to govern for the last 140 days and only their hammerlock on the totalitarian, Trump-hating national political media has maintained the levitation of this new administration's completely unwarranted approval rating. The bumblebee has denied all laws of nature 
but it is an industrious and inoffensive creature that cannot be said of this administration. In the light of the failure of their effort to destroy Trump's popularity among Republicans and to banish him from public esteem, we are now on to phase three, which is a resumption of the protracted legal attempt to destroy him. The sequel to the Russia-Trump collusion fraud and the two spurious impeachment trials and the complete failure to generate any evidence of an attempt by him to incite mob violence on January the 6th, despite detaining the accused for five months in shakedown operations presumably designed to extort inculpatory evidence. And now the well-publicized attempt to indict the former president. The rapidly partisan Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James, was elected on her endlessly repeated promise to indict the President, then President Trump, sorry. The other attempts to rid themselves of Donald Trump having failed, Miss James has advanced to the front rank of the Trump assassination squad by publicizing the fact that the long-standing investigation into Trump and his business interest is now a criminal investigation. As Alan Dershowitz remarked on Newsmax on June the 5th, it is easy for a prosecutor to weaponize the law against political enemies. The old truism is that an American grand jury would indict a ham sandwich if the district or U.S. attorney asked for it. As Donald Trump has been under this kind of legal scrutiny for decades, it is almost inconceivable that he actually broke any laws, and although it is not much noticed, repeated attempts to establish that he had broken any laws has been egregious fiascos. Given that Ms. James was elected to her position largely on the basis of her promise to indict Trump, any civilized jurisdiction would throw the case out before it began if he is indicted. No jurisdiction ruled by Letitia James and Cyrus Vance Jr. and governed by, uh, governed by Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo qualifies as civilized. But the Democrats should be careful. Despite biases against Trump, it will be obvious to a great many people that any indictment is a political hit job fulfilling a campaign promise. And getting 12 jurors out of 12 to believe beyond a reasonable doubt that there is conclusive evidence of a crime when there is unlikely to be any evidence at all could be the political escapade that finally blows the Trump haters to pieces. It should have happened when Trump-Russia collapsed and may still if John Durham, the absent without leave special prosecutor in the matter, ever actually reports out. It should have happened after both impeachment farces. But if the Democrats throw this switch, they could be like the colonel in the film Bridge on the River Kwai, falling dead on the detonator that blew up his bridge, though their conduct has not been as well-intentioned or explicable as was that of Alec Guinness in that movie. So, you know, basically he's just saying, uh, it's, it's not that it was unexpected that they were going to go after Donald Trump after he left office. 
especially since the impeach the last impeachment failed, and then of course uh, the the fact that Letitia James uh, got elected as Attorney General of New York State on the promise that she was going to indict Donald Trump. Isn't it amazing that that's how somebody gets elected? I mean, you know, I could see if, uh, if they were talking about, uh, you know, some crime lord or something in the country, uh, the head of some mafia family, and somebody wants to uh, <laughs> promise that they're going to punish them, bring them to justice. But um, I think that was quite an overreach for her to uh, promise that she was going to bring Donald Trump to justice in New York State. And by the way, the movie that he referenced there at the end, I don't know if any of you that are listening to this podcast, uh, this episode, ever saw The Bridge Over the River Kwai, but that's that's a pretty good comparison because um, it's about uh, a British commander that was captured during World War II and, and put a Japanese prison. I don't remember the island that they were on. Um, but for some reason they were, uh, he and his men and then all the other prisoners there at the prison camp were expected to, uh, build this railroad bridge for the Japanese. And, um, in the beginning, like all people that are probably all soldiers that are captured, you know, they, they resisted and they refused to to cooperate with what they were expected to do, except, you know, under extreme circumstances. But in this particular movie, Alec Guinness being who he was, um, and he knew how to build bridges and things, it became an obsession with him. So, um, and it's a really a very good movie, which has nothing to do with this article other than to use that as a reference. So they're still working on Trump. They're still trying to, isn't it amazing? I don't think it's ever, ever been a time in history that, uh, at least in modern history, that they've gone after a president as much as they've gone after Donald Trump. And it will, although it's sad when you think about uh, their obsession with this whole thing of destroying him to the point where he never has a chance, you know, to hold political office again uh, and I'm sure they would like to destroy him financially and destroy his business as well, just to, but, uh, you know, good luck with that, folks. So we'll see how that plays out for them. Uh, if, you know, if it's another, another hit job that doesn't uh, turn out to be in their favor, it could backfire on them, especially in 2022 when people just finally realize that, gee, you know, if they, if you, they can, they try to destroy anybody that opposes them or uh, appears to be a threat to them. I'm talking about the liberals and the Democrats, anyone on the left. So that is pretty much it for that commentary. It's a short mini pod for tonight. It's only about 17 minutes and I'm normally in here for uh, close to 30, but uh, a good way to get get a, my, get my feet wet here after being 
absent for uh, about a week or so. So uh, don't forget, it's not quite Tuesday yet, so I can't say tonight, but tomorrow night, Tuesday night, we have Trice Talk Live with myself and Dennis Lee, and we'll be back on uh, the top political issues in the country uh, this week and maybe a few other little surprises along the way. So I hope that uh, you will uh, tune in tomorrow night. That's 930 Eastern time uh, on Podbeam, and it is a live show. So with that being said, uh, I'm going to... Well, I'm going to try here. We're going to move this in here and uh, I'll say good night and hope to see you all tomorrow night. I'm Donald Wayne for Trice Talk Minipod. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>